Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. All right. Hey, so I'm just going to talk about baptism today because it's, you know, uh, it's so powerful and we really need to uh, understand it. And I want to encourage you, Eddie, if you, as I said, if you could see into the spirit realm right now, you would see that people have just been separated from, uh, the Bible says, actually, we're, we're spiritually dead. The Bible doesn't say you were just not, you know, didn't quite click into the church thing yet. <laughs> people, when people say, oh, I'm not a church person, I'm always like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm not a church person. What the, who, who gave you that nonsense? I would think 90% of Global Heart Church was never church people. There's a lot of sinners in the front row looking directly at me and nodding their heads. We were not Christians. As I said before, I was the last person going to become a Christian. And as for a career, <laughs> a pastor, oh yeah, that was really near the top of my life. Yeah, about like a thousand down the list, you know. This wasn't happening. But what happens is God opens your eyes. And for those of us who put our phones down, which take our lives five hours a day, if you put your phone down or pick it up to listen to your Bible app or pick it up to hear the Word of God or to read the Word of God, listen, God will begin to open your eyes. And that's why you've got to be so careful, everybody. You cannot be a spiritual person five hours on your phone, five hours on TV, five hours on things. Because the Bible basically is teaching us, I'm going to give you the paraphrase, garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. The reason many of us end up broken was because we had our parents and grandparents pass us the garbage. Brokenness. You know, um, uh, you know immorality, family dysfunction. Fear is huge. People have fear, it just controls them. Patrick and Zeno, congratulations. They just got, just got engaged last night. Sitting there all engaged. <laughs> Come on, give another cheer, you guys. Awesome. Love these guys. Love these guys. Big congratulations. All right. Just suddenly got hit with the engagement notification. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that's why you got baptized, people. <laughs> no, no, no. One of the reasons. Sorry. Some people, they'll all be lining up now. Oh, quick. No. <laughs> God brings you together with the right relationships. But, uh, you know, it's supernatural. And so I want to just encourage everybody with that. And if you're new to the things of uh, Christianity, don't ever think there's certain church people because there just isn't. That's just nonsense. Because when Jesus is there and it's real Christianity, he's actually transforming business people, transforming homeless people, transforming doctors, transforming the person who just failed their university degree. Yet God says, let me work in your life. I'll help you again. People in fear, people in anxiety. Jesus comes to everybody. And that's why I love the church because everybody's got a supernatural story and, uh, which the world will never understand. The Labour Party will never get it. The Liberal Party, you did thought I was going to just say one, didn't you? The Liberal Party, many will never really get it. The Greens, I don't know what they get. Anyway, I don't know. People don't get it. Unless you're born again, you'll never fully understand. It doesn't matter what party you're in. 
Doesn't matter what party you're in. You can be in the liberal party and be a church-going religious person, but until you are born again, you will never understand the things of the kingdom because they're revealed by the Holy Spirit. And you'll never understand God's Word. You'll read it like a, a, you know, a history book. Oh, yeah, right, the Bible says that. But when you're being birthed by the Holy Spirit into God's kingdom, suddenly you're reading it, it's like, whoa, it's coming off the page at you because your spirit is alive. And that's the amazing thing. The Bible says outside of Christ, you were dead to God. You were dead in your sin, dead in your rebellion, dead in your opposition to God. There are people here now, you know, I don't need to, I wouldn't even say need to raise hands. There are people here who worked against God. We had somebody who is in our church now who was an internet atheist who would go around shooting down Christians and, uh, and then work to shoot them down and work to shoot down the Bible and then walked in the door and God spoke to that person and said, sit down. <laughs> and they just sat down in their chair and they heard what they said to me later. They've seen, spoken to me over the last couple of years, saying to me, and it was like God said to me, I'm going to speak to you now. And the person did. God spoke to them and they said, God did. And then it was uh, either that service or the next one, they gave their life to Christ. And God's began a revolution in their life. And they're here most weeks. And uh, and you wouldn't know, but on the internet, they were prolific. Serving. They're serving in church. Awesome. I'm just being told. Thank you for the updates here. It's good. (laughs) So what is that? Was that person secretly a church person, but just hadn't come out yet? <laughs> or were they spiritually dead to Christ and didn't know God and didn't understand God? And then God's grace and love is, I'm going to fill you with my grace and love. I'm going to touch your life. And I'm going to open your eyes to, hello, my goodness <laughs> and my richness and my grace for you. So baptism, everybody, is an important part of Christianity. And as I said, it's actually the final stage, if you like, of your rebirth through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because you're actually saying, now, Jesus, I'm actually obeying you. I'm obeying you and I'm surrendering to your will. So I just want to encourage everybody with baptism. Don't ever think it's about, you know, I'm kind of like feeling it now, that baptism thing. What the heck is that? (laughs) I kind of like, you know, I think it's going to work for me now. Uh! Jesus says, repent, change your mind, you follow me, and now follow, repent and follow me through the waters of baptism. So when I got saved, Jesus said to me, repent, Jared, change your mind now, you've repented, now follow me. So it's not a work up thing. Too many things now, we don't even realize that we're so in a world where it's all about how I feel, and when I feel, and am I feeling it, and am I, and is it, and is it, and do I like it, does it feel good, and am I feeling like I did last month? Can I encourage you, don't ask your feelings how to feel. <laughs> Let me say one more time, don't ask your feelings how to feel. Ask your God what you should do. <laughs> ask your God what you should do. My feelings lie constantly. My feelings are saying now, go off the stage, go home and watch the Olympics and eat pizza. But the Holy Spirit's saying, get back on the stage. All right, then. (laughs) And fulfill your ministry and preach the gospel. I can't live by feelings, everybody. They took me into all kinds of problems and God rescued me out of them. doesn't mean I don't feel a feeling. I didn't say don't feel your feelings. 
but don't give them authority. Don't give them legitimacy in your life. So, um, yeah, so Jesus saved us. And as you heard, Peter said, repent and be baptized, each of you now. Uh, and so don't involve your feelings, everybody, in spiritual things. Involve your heart. And Jesus is looking for my obedience. Wow. When I obeyed the word without feeling things, Jesus then moved in my life. Because obedience is, I choose to trust you now, not my opinion or my feeling. I and, and obedience is really, that's why you're being water baptized. Don't ever, don't ever worry about that because really it's all about you saying, Jesus, I'm surrendering to you. I'm su it's a surrender to God. And uh, that's where the power is. And then the Bible is saying, as I read before, go and make disciples, everybody. Baptizing in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're, making, we're encouraging others to come and follow Christ. I took my best friend to church, 17 years old. He leads a church in America now, about 6,000 people in their church, and got campuses. He was 17-year-old, took him to church. Make disciples. Take people with you on the journey. Do not serve the Lord alone. And by the way, when they got baptized, everybody, it was public. They did it in public. When you're baptized, you're saying, I'm really coming into the community of followers. I'm coming into the community of Christ followers. And so it's significant that we do it publicly because that's what, you know, Jesus was out in public. Here we go, being baptized. The Son of God was being baptized in public. So we're actually doing it uh, in obedience to Christ, but we're also doing it in the community of believers because it's like, a, hey, I'm coming into this community now. I'm coming into the body of Christ. This is my final stage of my salvation to say, hey, I'm in. I'm in this kingdom. I'm in this fraternity. And uh, I'm in it in this life as I follow Jesus Christ. So no private spa baths for baptism, everybody. It's full community. It's out. And when you be baptized, don't think about you or anyone. It's not about me when I got baptized. It's about him. So don't ever worry about, well, how am I going to be? How am I going to? Who cares? how you're going to be. It's about you and Jesus now and you walking and following him, but it is about you being planted and placed into his church and family. Look at Ephesians 2, 1 to 6. Once again, that concept that you need to get that there's not church people, there are dead and living people. Let me say it again. There's not church people. That concept's not in the Bible. The Bible teaches there are dead people spiritually and living people. He said again, there are dead and living. Which are you? Look at this, Ephesians 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Boom. The Bible's saying right there, you were dead. You weren't a non-church person. You were dead. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, which the Bible tells us is the devil, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Now, but, <laughs> everybody, but, I love, I love God's word. That's where we were, but God. Let me say it again. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved you. Come on, because he's rich in mercy and because of the great love he has for you. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made 
us. He made you, when you're born again, alive together with Christ. And by grace, you've been saved and raised up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the Bible's saying right there, now through salvation, being water baptized, you actually in eternity are already seated with Christ. You are already at the dinner table if you're born again. You're already there. Oh my gosh. So baptism is, you know, uh, you know you're, you're being wrapped up, that final wrapping up in the blood of Jesus Christ and the protection that he has for your life against the works of the enemy. And many of us have experienced the works of the enemy. And God says, now, as you have made me Lord, there's a protection that's coming with that in Jesus' name. Colossians 2, you've been buried with him in baptism. It's, it's basically saying your old life is buried in Christ. And uh, it's hidden now. And God has now made you once again, Colossians saying, alive. I love it. And by the way, can I encourage you? You need to make a big note. You got your phone with you? Got a pad with you? Make a big note. Take a note or get a tattoo, one or the other. <laughs> Don't tell your mother to ring me, no. Make a note. When Jesus has buried your old life, don't visit the grave of it. <laughs> Stop visiting the grave of who you were. I told you I grew up in an Irish Catholic family, and our weekends after my dad had finished a drinking bender was to go to the graveyard of several dead relatives, and we would have picnics at the graveyard. So at Irish Catholics, many of us, I don't think they do it anymore, but they, that's what we did. And all I did was my childhood was don't walk on graves. I spent my childhood learning not to walk on the graves, walking on the edge. There was something in my family that they liked the dead more than the living. Honestly, they had more problems with each other alive and disliked everybody who was alive, but they loved everybody who was dead. They'd be like, oh, auntie so-and-so, uncle, oh, yes, but you suck. <laughs> sorry, everybody. Sorry. For everybody who's just moved here from Europe, welcome to Australia. I'm sorry. Listen, many people become Christians God takes them out, separates them from their old life. They're on a journey to the promised land. And then they go, oh, I kind of like who I was. Oh, kind of like that dead old me. Anybody looking? Then they start sneaking back to the cemetery of themselves. <laughs> I've seen people who God has totally delivered dig up the dead them. Quick, quick, get up, get up. Ah, oh, you're back. And you and your zombie sail off into the sunset together. <laughs> Dead men walking. Everybody, leave you down. I don't want to see the old me again. Leave him and her there and say, hey, the new me, I'm on the way to who God's called me to be, which is free and happy and fulfilled and walking in his purpose and walking in, hello, holiness. New day for all of us. Don't go and dig yourself up. All right. Bible says, Acts 16, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Wow. Mum and dad, take the kids with you. Take the grandkids with you. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. You and your whole household. Come on, let's, let's believe together. And, uh, and the Bible says in the last part of verse 33, and 
Immediately, he and all his household were baptized. Immediately. Immediately. Didn't stop and go, how are you feeling about this, Harold? <laughs> well, Mary. <laughs> no, they were like immediately baptized. I'm going to lay down my life and obey Christ now. You know, God baptizes us, everybody, into the body of Christ. Can I encourage you? He baptizes you into service, in his, obviously, firstly, to your family. But he does not exclude the church. We do. So we get baptized into love your family, then serve the body of Christ, then serve the community. You have a ministry in the church, you will discover. You have a ministry outside of the church. Some people are here on our worship team, and there may be a doctor out in the community who God has called to medicine. You have to work out what is your calling. There's a calling in the house, there's a calling out of the house. But all of us are soul winners. But some people just say, oh, no, look, that's not me. I'm just a prayer warrior. Just a prayer person. I just intercede and um, I do have prophecies for people. Imagine if Sue and I, when we started having three boys, Sue said to me, I need you to help me to clean the boys and I've you know, got to cook a meal for them and I've got to get them ready. And I said, oh, sorry, babe. I only do prayer for them. <laughs> and I intercede for you and the boys because you all need that. And then I have prophecies for you. I'm working on one right now. But all the stuff in the home, uh, you know, the, the rest of that stuff, I don't do that ministry, Sue. I'm a prayer person and quite prophetic. And, uh, and, I, and I'm really feeling a chill in the spirit about what you're telling me to do. And Sue would say to me, well, let me warm you up with this. You've got to change nappies, then you're going to wash them, then you're going to feed them, then you're going to clothe them, then you're going to protect them, <laughs> then you're going to educate them, then you're going to pay for it, they're going to muck up our white carpet, then they're going to leave us to go and fulfill their lives and callings, and by the way, Jared, it was absolutely the best. Get on with it. <laughs> so can I say to all the Christians who got saved and came in and just wandering around, I just have a prayer ministry. And I just have a prophecy ministry. You need to start cleaning the nappies, people. You need to start washing some Christians, helping them get clean, feeding them, clothing them, protecting them, educating them, paying, hello, tithes and offerings, giving to God's house, letting them muck up the white carpet of your heart, which you have perfectly untouched by other people, but perfectly touched by the Lord only so that people who even got baptized today can go on and do what? Fulfill their lives and callings. And it was absolutely the best. <laughs> Register at the information desk today. <laughs> so, that's the reality. That is the reality. So many Christians never grow. You don't grow of 40 years a Christian. You can be a Christian 40 years and have no spiritual maturity until you do what parents have to do with children. You have to do the same with spiritual children if you want to grow. How do you lose your selfishness as a parent? Hang on, as an adult, have a child. How do you lose your selfishness as a Christian? Finally start serving the body of Christ. I think on that I could just walk off on that. So. 
How do you mature as a Christian? As an adult, you have a child. But how do you as a Christian, you finally stop saying, no, no, that's not my ministry. Nappies and dirty children. I'll pray about it. But you become unoffendable with your own children. And you become unoffendable with God's children. I can't remember the last time I spat the dummy over serving the Lord and said, oh, I just can't do it. People don't, aren't caring for me enough. When have I done that? <laughs> Last week? No. I can get warm. <laughs> but it's not about that. It's about Christ has called us all in the body of Christ to serve the Lord. Okay. Mark 16, 16. Whoever believes and, baptize and is baptized. Whoever believes and is baptized. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Baptized comes from the Greek word baptizo. It means full immersion. Look at Titus 3.5. He saved us not because of the righteous or the good things you've done. Look at this. He saved us not because of anything good you've done. Nothing righteous that you've done. Nothing that you think you did that maybe swung God to your side now. Maybe he's going to give you a reprieve and let you into heaven. No, none of it. It's because alone of His mercy for you. It's His mercy alone that you and I can be saved. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And then He says, Ephesians 4, there's one body and one spirit. There's one body and one spirit. There's one body, one Holy Spirit, one body, the church where God saves us all into. There's a worldwide church but there's a local, local church God calls you to and plants you in. Please don't be the person who says, I just pray and prophesy. It wouldn't work for my wife. It doesn't work for Jesus. Just so everybody knows. If it doesn't work for Sue, you need to know it doesn't work for God. We turn up and we say, Lord, I'm here. How can I help now, Jesus? Being saved, being baptized. Thank you, Lord. Rescued me from all my life without you, Lord. Jesus, what do you, would you like me to do? And Jesus says, well, angels, wake up. <laughs> We've got a real one here. Because they understand we're saved to serve and to save the babes in Jesus' name. Can anybody say a big amen to that? Come on, can anybody say a big amen? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.